Welcome, dear one. These are Catalyst Conversations, and I'm Anya, a facilitator and leadership mentor, and the founder and guide of the Catalyst Leadership Immersion. This fall, I sat down to talk one-on-one with members of the 2020 cohort. They are some of the most wise, compassionate, complex, creative people I know, and I'm honored to share them and their work with all of you. Listen in as we dive into honest dialogue about what it means to use our businesses as vehicles for our values, as we show up imperfectly and courageously in our work, in this fractured world, making our way together. Sarah Greenman is a creative alchemist, an artist, storyteller, writer, and facilitator. She wields her words like messengers of possibility and seems to have direct access to wellsprings of creativity. This woman is a prolific and stunning creatrix. Sarah lives in Eastern Oregon, and her work is deeply informed by place, by nature, by seasons and cycles, which she weaves into her paintings and poems and plays and multi-layered creative offerings. The journey of these last 10 months has been truly catalytic for Sarah, And we talk about all that she's lost and left and transformed since January 2020. She reminds me that there's no reason to keep hidden the desires and visions we have for our lives and our world, that now is the time to respond to what is calling us up, even when we're not quite sure what it will look like. Sarah tells us, your creativity is a bone-deep tool for healing, justice, and revelatory collective liberation. Your innate creativity will transform the world. Step into the center of your knowing and alchemize your pain into joy. It will set us all free. And not only does she tell us, but she shows us a way carving a path that encourages us to be brave with our own. I am so excited to share this remarkable human with you. Let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my dear, I am so excited to chat with you, always. My goodness, me too. (laughs) And I know how much place informs your work and your creativity. And I was hoping that we could start by having you locate us in place. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from the wilds of Eastern Oregon. I am in the Wallowa Whitman Mountain Range, which is in the far northeast corner of the state of Oregon. And it's right along the Snake River. And um, Idaho is about a 10-minute drive from my house. And I'm also at the intersection of sort of the high desert that comes up from the south and meets the mountain range. So I'm sort of in a wonderful botanical borderland of desert and mountain and river. Mm, Beautiful. 
<laughs> and I am calling in from Portland, Oregon, where I'm looking out the window and the branches are still covered in leaves, but the leaves are beginning to fall and they are these beautiful pale green and vibrant yellow. And today is a really gray, drizzly day. So just the backdrop of gray and then these like vibrant pops of leaves are pretty stunning. It's my favorite kind of day are gray days. Really? <laughs> yes, I'm Scottish. So I think it's just in my bones to love gray, dark, cloudy things. <laughs> well, we're entering your season, friend. We are. We're entering we're your season. <laughs> Uh, Well, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. And I would love to hear from your perspective a bit about your journey over these last 10 months since we have been in collaboration and catalyzing since Mm -hmm. January. And we're talking now at the very end of October. And From my perspective, the trajectory of those months for you has just been so (laughs) significant and (laughs) multi-layered. And I would love to just hear hear how it's been for you. Yeah. In January of 2020, I was working as the operations director for a national nonprofit And I loved the work and I loved the people and I loved help building other people's dreams up and like making pathways appear (laughs) for people in the arts industry, which is what I was doing a lot of. And I just felt really achy, like there was this big open hole of work that I really wanted to be doing. I've sort of, I call it the big work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's your soul work, right? Your big purpose. And I wasn't even sure exactly how it was going to manifest or what that work was in terms of how it, like when the rubber meets the road, like what it actually looked like. And I just had a lot of questions at the beginning of this year. And that's what drew me to the Catalyst cohort experience. I knew I needed community. I knew I needed you. I knew Mm. a little bit about what, what magic you were offering. And so I thought, I, can, I need some magic. Yes, yes, please to magic. So <laughs> that was sort of where my head was at the beginning of this year. And in the past 10 months, I am not over-exaggerating when I say every aspect of my love life, my work life, my parenting life, my home care life, my self-care life has shifted and pivoted in a way that I consider wholly authentic Mm. and centered in my mission as an artist and a a writer, which is to draw us closer to right relationship and create pathways to collective liberation through creativity. Mm -hmm. So on, in a really practical sense, I've quit my job uh, in the nonprofit sector. I have launched an offering as an independent artist. That's also connected to my painting and my playwriting. I've also launched a product line of an oracle deck that is built with my paintings and is deeply aligned with my offering, which is the creative alchemy cycle. All of that has occurred while I've left my job and reinvested in my family and sort of built up a practice and a routine that supports all of that. Mm. And in that time period, I've also gained a huge newsletter following. All of these based on 
practices, exercises, opportunities, and pathways that you laid out in the Catalyst cohort experience. So I feel like in terms of catalyzing, I'm getting 100%. I'm such a like, you know, I'm a little girl who loved gold stars from my teachers. And I feel like I really checked my box. (laughs) (laughs) A page filled with gold stars for you. All the gold stars. And I never could have imagined me right in this moment at the end of October, having accomplished all that and launched all that and being sort of in the juicy deep work of that, but I'm so glad that I am. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, not to mention like all of the communal and global upheaval of the last 10 months, eight months. This time has been so strange. Yeah. And yet I feel so hopeful. Yeah. I do. I want to jump up and down with joy for you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Clap my hands in delight. I mean, just... It's so, you really, truly have catalyzed your vision into being in such a, yeah. an emotionally rooted and tangible way. And one of, you know, what feels so profound to me is that I really experienced you as coming into the catalyst process with deep inquiry and questioning. And you said, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't exactly know what I want to be doing or why I'm here. Yes. And you really allowed yourself to be in that space of inquiry and exploration. And so, and then seeing you now having really created a vision and had that crystal clarity of what you wanted it to be and now it exists is just amazing. It is amazing. And I I wholly credit the the manner in which you walked us through this process with that success. I mean, Mm. I did catalyze it and I did take, I mean, it is my expression, but the manner in which you ask the questions, the manner in which you focus our attention in, in very particular directions through the justice lens, focused on the why, it became really clear really quickly what I wanted to do because of the nature of your inquiry. And Mm. I, I just, it cracked it wide open for me. Mm. Yay. (laughs) That's what it's for. I know. I wanted to do that and it did it. And it's, I'm so (laughs) dang grateful. (laughs) You, we know that you are a writer, a playwright, Mm -hmm. a a singer, a painter, a creator. And I very much welcome everyone, encourage everyone to spend some time on your stunning website and read all of the words. But some words that really stood out for me, and I think this is your mission, is I liberate myself and those around me by using art to alchemize pain and confusion into joy and connection. That's it. That's the whole enchilada. That's the whole enchilada, and that's a juicy yeah. enchilada. Will you <laughs> talk, talk to us about what that means and why that calls you? One of the byproducts of my own lived experience, and that experience includes the loss of a brother to an opioid overdose, And that experience includes delivering a child into this world that has 
multiple intersecting medical needs and the loss of multiple people in my life to cancer and other <laughs> horrible, no good businesses out there. <laughs> One of the byproducts of that lived experience is that I'm really good at taking the muck and the loss and the confusion of life, that human experience of grief, and turning it into something liberatory and generative. And I, I do it with individuals and I do it with communities and I only do it through creativity. I really believe that the only thing that makes us human and therefore sovereign is our ability to create something wholly new mm. for ourselves and for our families. And that sort of innate creativity that exists in all of us is the pathway to liberatory justice movements and is the pathway to right relationship with your world and yourself and is the pathway to understanding what we're all doing here on this little blue dot. And I mean, that's just, we need that medicine right now. We need it. We need it always and we need it right now. And I so appreciate your expansive definition of what creative is of what creative practice is yeah thank you yeah for me creativity is the manner in which we live out our days and when i see humans being creative <laughs> i get really excited <laughs> it, it means that we're iterating a better world in the moment like right now and i can watch it happen and that is how you make a meal it is how you build your garden. It's how you treat your mother. It's how you draw your bath for your children at night. It's also the artwork and the symphonies and the, the stories we tell. It, it definitely manifests as what we consider, you know, quote unquote art, but it, it manifests in the everyday. Yeah. You know, it's, it's how we spend our hours. I go into people's homes sometimes and I think just the way in which they've arranged their furniture and what what they've curated to put on their walls or how they've arranged their magnets on their fridge. Like I, I think it's all creativity. And I know that can sound a little overwhelming, like, well, if it's all creativity, then, but I really would distill it down to the choices we make. Yeah. Make creative choices. You can always make creative choices. Like nobody can take that away from you. It's your innate humanness. Mm. And that's what makes you totally unique. Mm. Well, and I think too, like, the I hear so much permission in that. It's like we all have this. We yeah. all can access this regardless of life circumstances and feeling at a in a time that heartbreak and challenge and devastation and just this like vast unknown is so palpable. Remembering that we have creative tools innately that can transform and impact those experiences. I mean, it's just, it's wildly emboldening and hmm. hopeful. I feel that. I, I really believe joy is an act of resistance. Me too. And the creative process and daily creative practice is about embodying joy and embedding it into everything you do. Mm. Will you tell us about some of the ways that you're doing that in your day-to-day? -day? Absolutely. For me, I, I do make art every day. 
I'm also a professional artist, so that my work is aligned with my need, <laughs> which I really mm. appreciate. <clears throat> but I take time. I take the time to do the task at hand. And because I do one thing at a time, I get a lot done. <laughs> and when I get a lot done, I see my creative impact. <laughs> and it doesn't mean I have to be producing all the time. That's not what I mean by that. That sort of like grind culture is, I refuse that culture and I reject that culture. But the kind of generative creativity that I'm talking about is the kind that just fills my cup up and draws me closer and closer every day into right relationship with my partner and with my kids and with my home and my, my community. And so when I take the time to do my tasks appropriately and in the time frame that they need, that they really need, that they require, that's when I feel like I'm able to use my innate creativity to transform my world like in real time. Mm. I mean, that's kind of a radical act. I think it is. <laughs> to to not multitask. <laughs> totally. The status quo, like, shatteringness of that. Like, yes. I feel like it's a huge act of resistance. <laughs> it really, really is. It's a full paradigm shift. It was for me, certainly coming from the nonprofit world where I'm overworked and underpaid and mm -hmm. trying to do everything for everybody. I think one of the things that really resonated with me early on in the Catalyst cohort experience was that my audience is actually much narrower than, than I thought it was. You know, we love the idea of like, my audience is everybody, yes. <laughs> but it isn't like, you know, my audience is actually a very particular person who's interested in this line of inquiry. And, and I only bring that up because of this grind culture thing, right? We sort of feel like we have to multitask and be everything for everybody, but I don't think that that's true at all. And that's counterproductive to liberatory justice movements and it's counterproductive to equity. I fully agree. I fully agree. It doesn't serve anyone. I think we, we have this sensibility perhaps that like my work is for everyone is really inclusive and accessible, but it doesn't shake out that way. It really isn't then of service to anyone. And I feel like it does then hook us into that hustle and that grind and trying to kind of please everyone. Right. And if you're trying to please everyone, then the people that rise to the top are the people who are always considered mm. white people, thin people, <laughs> resourced people. And so I, I found that a lot of my work early on when I was trying to do everything for everybody meant that the voices that were the loudest and the most obnoxious got all my time. And it's like, no, you're yeah. not here for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then the marginalized communities that are always under-resourced and overlooked and invisible continued to be so if my, if my umbrella was, everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. So who would you say your work really is for? My work is for people who are done with capitalism. Hmm. My work is for people who are done with whiteness as a construct that serves us. My, my work is for people who are on a seeker's journey, trying to find an authentic and holistic way to heal themselves and their community. My work is for people who are done harming others hmm. to make a change. My work is for people who are interested in transformative justice. Mm. 
Yes, yes, yes. Right. But what's been so beautiful to witness over these last months, Sarah, is how many people are so clearly saying yes to you Mm. and to the journey that you're inviting them into and to the process that you provide. I have to say I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> I really am. I thought, well, either I'm cutting off my own feet here and like, you know, and I'll get like a couple folks who are like, yes, sign me up. But I have had an overwhelming response to this work. And um, I'm so grateful and really honored to be walking alongside so many incredible creatives and change makers and seekers who are interested in finding a better way for themselves forward in this strange time. So before we talk specifically about it, will you, will you let us know what, what this experience is? Tell us about the Creative Alchemy Cycle and tell us about the card deck too. You bet. So for me, Creative Alchemy is what you described earlier. It's taking pain, confusion, grief, and alchemizing it, excuse me, or transforming it into something generative, liberatory, and at its base, something joyful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the creative alchemy cycle for me is, is the cycle of the year and how we use the natural rhythms that Mother Nature has embedded into our life and sync up that cycle with our creative process. I think the calendar of the year, the wheel of the year, provides such a beautiful map for how to attend to all the parts of ourselves. Mm. Right now we're in Samhain, tomorrow's Halloween, and so this is a dark time of year where the veils are thin between the world of the living and the spirit world, and there's this darkness that's happening right now. And so I sync up my work, my writing, my artwork, my conversations with exploring some of the darker cosmology of our emotional landscape. This is the time of year to do that. It's perfectly aligned. Mm. And, and when Yule season comes, because I'm from the Celtic tradition, so we have these eight holidays, which are the solstices, equinoxes, and the cross quarters. And so these holidays are, are typically, you know, perfectly aligned for creative output. Mm. And during the whole course of the year, if you follow the whole year, you are going to have an opportunity to deal with all the things that a human needs to deal with, the darkness and the light, the shadows and the joy. And, and because we're living fully and we're recognizing all the parts of ourselves, then we actually get to know what we really think and we get to say what we really want to say and we get to create what we're really born to create. Mm. So the cycle for me is about aligning with the natural rhythms of the seasons. It's a very seasonal approach to a creative life. Hmm. I love hearing how, you, how you're rooting it in that way too. I, I never thought about it quite that way, that like the, following the seasonal cycle really gives us an invitation to sink into all of those pieces that we need and that serve us. And it's like, as we're really moving into the winter time, to allow ourselves to be in the winter time and in that slowness and in the darkness. And I feel like that 
impetus is usually to really fight that and to continue the same output that maybe we had in the summer or to continue the hustle and the right. and there is time for hustle and there is time for planting and harvesting but i tell you what it's not december and january yeah <laughs> and in my area up here in the territory that is traditionally stewarded by the Nimipu tribe and the Walla Walla tribe. Out here, it gets icy and cold and you're not going anywhere. You are snowed in. And so I love living in a place that actually has not only the four seasons we traditionally know, but really the eight seasons that the Celtic calendar celebrates. And so I feel it very palpably up here, which is why I've decided to create as a part of the alchemy cycle a series of videos and podcasts that really capture this area. So mm-hmm. people can really see the link between what's happening physically to the earth and what's happening emotionally to humanity. And those videos are stunning. Mm, thank you. I because love- where you live is stunning. It's real pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so Share a little bit about the components of the alchemy cycle. You bet. So eight times a year, participants and fellow travelers receive two things. If they are a patron of mine through Patreon at $30 a month, they're signed up and they get all the things. And so what you get is you get a virtual bundle that comes through a link. And I have a beautiful homepage that's filled with a story of the season, which is basically like a homily that I write to set the container for our time together. And it's about a 10-minute audio file that's just a beautifully, I think, written story that encapsulates what we're after thematically during the season. And then there are two videos. One's called The Great Wide Open, where I take everybody out, out, out into nature And we get to really imbibe the beauty that surrounds us Mm. and understand on a really like sensual, physical and tangible level what the earth is offering us at this time of year. And then the second video is called In the Studio. And that's where I take everybody out from outside back into my little studio in Eastern Oregon. And we process all of that beauty and we alchemize. That's where we really get in there and start using our tools of the creative process. I do a lot of painting. I talk about the themes of the season and how they show up in my work. And so that's where I share that. And you get to, it's really like being on an art date with me in my studio for about a half hour. And then I have a podcast called Collaborative Alchemy. And this is where I talk to other creative alchemists, farmers, poets, philosophers, and we have a conversation, usually a very lively conversation about what it means to be a polymath, somebody who has many interests and is working for social justice in their communities through Mm -hmm. their work and sort of the intersection of their creative lives and their social and emotional lives. And then I have a series of writing prompts that I share, also a bunch of recommended reading and links to other really cool people and other opportunities. And then I have a playlist that I make for everybody. And there's usually some bonus material there. And then the last thing is that in that virtual bundle is a live connection call that we do once every season. So there are eight of them throughout the year where we really get to meet up and create community in a Zoom call. 
Separate of that, they get a care package. When I'm out filming in the Great Wide Open video, I usually collect all sorts of wonderful things from my journeys and I bring them home and I package them up for everybody and send it out for their altars for the season. And I usually have some other sort of tastes of Eastern Oregon and some art ephemera. Each one is very different and highly sort of detailed based on the myths and the themes of the season that we're exploring through the cycle. So that happens eight times a year. Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to like high value. Like I just want to share my process. And it's my favorite way to interact with everybody is to just share, share, share. I was talking to someone the other day about your alchemy cycle. They were like, I need to sign up, you know, and I said, basically, it's worth like $200 a month. (laughs) Because it's so, it's so rich with resources. It's so intentional. It's so beautifully crafted. You are so skillful at what you're sharing. Like really, Sarah, Mm-hmm. I know you know this, but it is such an incredibly beautiful, catalyzing offering. And I feel so lucky to be part of the experience and to get to participate in the cycle. One of my favorite things has been the Zoom calls and getting to meet some of the other folks who are in the experience as well, and really just hearing how these tools and prompts have inspired their own varied creative practices, and hearing from them how this experience really is filling a deep need that they've had for that kind of connection and that kind of creativity and That's been really so lovely to witness and be a part of. I'm so glad to hear that. This community is filled with astonishing people. I just, I, again, I feel so gratified whenever I um, hear from them and I hear from everybody quite a bit, you know, they send me what they're working on or a poem or they have a question. I just like, it lights me up. I just get really hopeful. I feel so hopeful. There are so many incredible people in this world doing beautiful generative justice rooted work and it's like I just it makes me feel like it's gonna be okay Mm, that's what makes me feel like it's gonna be okay too really is like the catalysts all of you and then the work that you're doing and we talk about this a lot like the ripples of that impact Mm -hmm. that is what gives me hope and it's tangible hope I see it unfolding and that's healing work I love that you are sending elements of Eastern Oregon out across the country too. <laughs> I've just been loving the the care boxes that you send. I'm so glad. Yeah, I love making them, and I, I appreciate your comment about the very high value of it. And I I made a really conscious decision to keep it at a price point that could be really accessible to the people that I think most need it. Yeah, people who are not resourced in that way. And so I, I leave it really open-ended for folks. If they want to support me at a higher level, they're welcome to. And many do based on their own ability and their own resources. But I, I also take supreme pleasure in knowing that it's available for $30 a month. Mm-hmm. It really is a gift in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It really is. Will you tell us a little bit about your amazing Oracle deck? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is absolutely inspired by you, Anya, because we did a wonderful art exercise together as a cohort, creating these beautiful collaged expressions of our values. And I just, I got really excited about these beautiful little collages. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have a 10-year body of work. I, I could do something really beautiful that sort of matches the expression that you were, you were after in that exercise. And so I wanted to be able to hand to anyone who wanted it a tool for accessing their own inner wisdom and their own inner knowing. Since my, all my work is about your innate creativity, I wanted a deck that would sort of help you get after it. So I created a 50-card deck filled with gorgeous color prints of my paintings over the last 10 years. I just curated and chose just the perfect ones, and each one of them has a little mantra on it. Some people draw a card every morning and use it as a meditation. Some people use it like a tarot deck. And I've seen people use it for writing prompts and in all sorts of ways that I never imagined that they would use it. Mm. But it's called the Creative Alchemy Oracle Deck. And it's just a, a beautiful handheld tool for doing the work that I'm after in the Creative Alchemy Cycle, which is to align yourself with your own inner wisdom. Mm. My, I was going to say my favorite, but that's not true. The art is stunning. But <laughs> one of the aspects that I just so resonate with is the descriptions that you have for each card, like to help people sink into that wisdom and the quotes and your own writing that accompany each image. It's just... I so loved building that directory out. And for those of you who are listening, the deck comes with four instructional cards, but to save money and keep my prices low, I created an online Oracle deck directory that has a page for each of the 50 cards. It has a quote that resonates with me and it has sort of an interpretation that I've written and some deeper resonances and even some recommended reading around it. And I loved building that. It was such a wonderful and exciting writing exercise for me to use each of those paintings as a writing prompt to share. And the more that I work with the deck, the deeper and deeper those descriptions become. I keep changing them. Because, oh, really? Well, they're changing because they're becoming deeper. Like yeah. I have a better understanding of the card the more I use it. I love that. I love that, Sarah. It's <laughs> still evolving. Everything can shift. Everything yes. Can <laughs> yes. Well, and I imagine as you're doing readings with the deck, I know you've been doing readings for folks, like, yeah, just having more of that embodied sense of them. Yes. I mean, with any spiritual practice or any divinatory tool, the more you work with it, the, the more you know about it. And having been the person that created the actual images, there's some embedded information that I have about them that is now sort of surfacing in a beautiful way during these live readings that I'm doing for, for clients. You did a live reading on a Zoom call. You did, And yeah. I, re- I just remember like being so emotionally impacted and moved by the wisdom of those cards. Like, oh, oof, wow. <laughs> wow. So proud of them. Like, I really am proud of the, the work that went into it, but also now the energy that it is rippling out to other people. I get so many, so many emails about the cards in particular. (laughs) 
So tell us how we can find you and connect with you and deepen into work with you, Sarah. Everything is at sarahgreenman.com, S-A-R-A-H-G-R-E-E-N-M-A-N.com, and you can find everything there. I'm on Instagram at sarah.greenman.creative. And I've just quit Facebook, so I know I'm I'm in the process (laughs) of eliminating everything from Facebook. So I won't be there, but I have a newsletter that comes out on the full and on the new moons. So twice a month, you get a wonderful, juicy newsletter filled with all the things. And, And of course, people can find me on Patreon, Patreon backslash Sarah Greenman. I was telling, I think I was talking with one of our catalysts the other day just about how amazing the newsletters are in our community. We give good newsletters. We give good newsletters. We do. (laughs) I love our newsletters. I I love leaving everybody's, yours included, just so juicy and wonderful and heartfelt. And I I always feel like I need to like pour a cup of tea and get really comfortable before I read it. So it can really fill me up. Me too. I do that. I'm like, okay, get the blanket, sit on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like story time. I feel that. Yes. So good. (laughs) Before we close, is there anything that is percolating for you that you want to make sure we talk about? I just, I feel... I feel the catalytic energy of this time right now with an election on its way. And I, I really do feel that we're in charge of our own destiny here. Mm. And that gives me hope. Mm. I also was just talking with a friend of mine yesterday and she was, she has some wonderful ideas. And finally I just said, who are you saving it for? <laughs> and, I, mm. and I feel like that's the, that's my question to everybody here. Like, who are you saving it for? If you've got something wonderful to give, or if you have something that you've just been holding in your heart, like a secret desire, who are you saving it for? Mm. There's no time but now. Ah, yes. I mean, that is, I feel like that is at the heart of what the Catalyst Leadership Immersion is and why it is. It's the reason I... I reached out to you in December of last year because I thought, Sarah Greenman, who the hell are you saving it for? Like, mm. get on the phone. I, I know you don't know how it's going to all transpire and you don't know how you're going to do it, but who are you saving it for? Yeah. And so here yeah. we are 10 months later. Here we are. Look at you. <laughs> I thought I was saving it for you all. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're not saving it. You're sharing it. I'm sharing it now. Yes. yes. And I feel, I so appreciate that question, Sarah, because I feel that cracking open for so many people, asking themselves that question in different ways and feeling not like the urgency of capitalism, that ingrained urgency, but the mm-hmm. real calling up of living into our purpose and tangibly living the change that we seek and that we want to create and who are we saving it for and when are we saving it like the time is now yep yeah thank you so so much sarah anya thank you you love are you. i love you too thank you so much for joining us for this catalyst conversation 
I would love to know what's resonating for you or what new questions this conversation inspired. Also, the next Catalyst Leadership Immersion will begin in January 2021. If you're feeling the call to circle up in beloved community, to catalyze your heart work, and to contribute your unique remedy into this fractured time, I hope you'll join us. You can learn more via my website, anyahankin.com, and I'd love to connect over on Instagram. I'm at Anya Hinkin. Extra special thanks to my friend Robin Jackson for the music and Brooke Bradford for podcast editing and to the catalysts who have shared their truth here and to you for listening in. I look forward to continuing the conversation.